Welcome everyone to Holistic Awakenings. I'm Lori Wagner-Storley. And I'm Jenna Galagani. I'm the founder of the Physical Holistic Center called Holistic Awakenings in Pennsylvania. And it was through this journey that Lori and I recently connected. Very quickly, we realized that we had so much to share with the world. And it goes beyond the holistic modalities and interventions that are out there. That information is important because knowledge is power. But what we are connecting on in this podcast is not just those modalities that are going to help you, going to empower you in your own life, but how to bring that all together with our spiritual connection so that we are all living a life that is fulfilling on a soul level. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Holistic Awakenings podcast. I'm Jenna Galagani, and I'm here with Lori Wagner-Storley. So welcome, everybody. We are excited to have you listening with us again today. So if you remember in the last episode, we had talked about my journey and my experiences that led up to me opening the Holistic Awakenings Center in Pennsylvania. And we all have a journey. So today, we're going to focus on Lori's journey and learn a little bit more about her experiences. And I'm guessing at some point, you're going to resonate with different parts of both of our journeys. And so we want to start by by going there. Let's listen to Lori's journey. Thanks, Jenna. So excited to be here. I am a licensed rapid transformational therapist and a certified hypnotherapist. And I am excited to bring my practice here to Holistic Awakenings. I wanna tell you a little bit about what I do. So the rapid transformational therapy that was created by a woman named Marissa Peer, who became very famous a few years ago after appearing on Mind Valley. And I don't know if any of you out there are familiar with Vishen Lakshmi and Mind Valley, but it's an incredible platform of alternative healers and people who think outside of the box in terms of how we live. And so when I saw Marissa's talk, it resonated so powerfully with me. The rapid transformational therapy is in her 33 years of practice, the way she arrived at a diagnosis of what was causing maybe an issue with a person and resolving it right in the moment in the subconscious mind. So the reason why that resonated with me was because I have always been fascinated with the subconscious mind, how the brain works, how it informs us. And I mean, I literally used to carry around a book in my early 20s called The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I took it, I mean, I when I say carry it around, like I've moved so many times from Pennsylvania to California and to back to Pennsylvania again. And that book always went with me. And it was something that resonated so powerfully with me. So when I heard Marissa's talk, I was absolutely tuned in. I knew exactly what she was talking about and I wanted to do it. I I believed I could do it. And uh, fast forward to 2020 and the pandemic and we're all working from home and she offered her course to train people and license them in rapid transformational therapy. And I was like, absolutely, I have to do this. Um, And that's how I began my journey as a rapid transformational therapist. 
The licensure also includes a certification as a hypnotherapist. So first and foremost, we needed to learn how to do hypnotherapy. And hypnotherapy sounds like hypnosis, but it is not hypnosis. It, it follows the same sort of principles of going into the subconscious mind and engaging with the subconscious mind. However, it engages in a therapeutic way, not in a way that's, you know, it's not for entertainment as hypnosis can so be. So you're not going to make anyone cluck like a chicken? I might. No. Okay. okay. Not yet. <laughs> oh, darn. We used to make jokes like that all the time. Yes. Marissa, Marissa actually made the jokes because she would have, you know, multi-million dollar clients and high level yeah. clients and people. She's like, I could very easily... How, you know, hypnotize them to buy me a car, you know, <laughs> a Maserati. Too, but yeah, <laughs> too funny. Right, right. But um, I don't think she meant that. I think she was yeah. joking with us. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Well, if we see her driving a Maserati, we'll know. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I'm sure she can buy it herself right now. True. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so hip- hypnotherapy is essentially getting you into the most relaxed state you can possibly be in. And that's that that state right before you're about to fall asleep, that theta state, right? Where you're so relaxed and you're not thinking of troubling thoughts. You're just kind of drifting off to a peaceful sleep. And that's that's where we want to get you to. Because when you're in that state of mind, you're engaging with the subconscious mind rather than your conscious mind. And so Mm -hmm. when we go that deep, I can go back in your subconscious mind and have conversations with you about your past. Because like you described, the past, the subconscious mind is your filing cabinet. It's a huge storage unit of everything that's happened in your life. So we can talk about maybe something that's, that's not serving you in your life right now and ask your subconscious mind when that started and why that started. And then talk to your subconscious mind and, you know, reframe it mm-hmm. in the subconscious. Right. It's like a mind hack. So when you reframe it in the subconscious, the subconscious doesn't have an opinion. It doesn't have emotions. It doesn't read positive or negative. It just does what you tell it to do. Mm. Okay. So if you're saying you love spiders and you're fascinated by them you when you see them you want to know more well what is what kind of spider is it you know is it poisonous or not and you know more anything you know anything that is more on a positive right so really it's if i'm understanding you correctly um, and this feels similar to, you know, some different types of work that I do as well. So it's, it resonates a lot with me as well. It's like getting into that part of the brain that doesn't have all those defenses put up so that you can truly start to get that deeper understanding of what's going on, you know, the, the whys, right? Um, and then you can start to mold it, right? So it's in a very moldable state that allows you to very gently create these new and more beneficial belief systems for the individual. Absolutely. And if if you want to uh, create a visual for that, we say we create new roads, new neural pathways, because that's kind of the way our brain works yeah. is, you know, we create neural pathways with every experience. And if we keep going down those neural pathways, they become kind of worn in 
and we just automatically go there. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't change until we create a different one, a different pathway, say a different reaction to the same stimuli. So if you, for example, every time you saw your father and he was really, you had a traumatic upbringing, your father was abusive and yelled at you all the time. Every time you saw your father, you just completely were silent the whole time. Mm. So now we would create a, a new neural pathway where you weren't silent and you said something that made you feel good about yourself mm. to your father. Regardless of his response, you would continue to do that. And as you continue to do it, the more you did it, the more it in, got ingrained and the more your mind would shift to that pathway. And then little tiny adjustments create big changes. Absolutely. And I, I've seen this in my own work. So I'm, I'm curious, how, what kind of things have you seen come out of this for people who've done this work? There was one client that, interestingly enough, her parents had separated when she was five years old. Mm -hmm. And um, when her dad would come over, he would bring her treats and sweets and whatnot and fast forward to her being a client who's severely overweight um and she didn't know why diets didn't work um working out didn't work exercise none of the you know things that you would you know the normal modalities of addressing the issue worked mm -hmm. so doing a session you go back into the childhood and you realize that Daddy giving her sweets was a form of love. So when you're a child at five years old, you internalize and you you personalize everything that happens around you because you're still in that kind of narcissistic state of mind. Mm -hmm. It's your world and everybody else is there just to serve yes. you, which is, you know, pretty much the truth. Yes. Um, <laughs> so daddy leaving was her fault in her mind. Mm -hmm. And she might not have had any kind of counter, you know, statements to build on. So, no, it wasn't your fault, honey. Mm -hmm. So, when daddy came around and gave her sweets, that was love to her. So, whenever she was feeling down in her life, she loved herself by giving herself sweets. Mm -hmm. So, nowadays we talk about self-love. Mm -hmm. And self-love is breaking down those old systems of loving ourselves that aren't serving us anymore. So, that is an old system of loving yourself where you give yourself food or treats when you're not hungry so it's creating this need or desire to continuously do this yes yeah I've seen this pattern as well whether mm -hmm. we're talking about food or shopping mm -hmm. or sometimes even um, pushing ourselves emotionally to a certain state of an emotion um, to feel something yeah. you know we all cope in in so many different ways with life and so I think when you look at okay what are the the unhealthy ones right that we need to understand and you start to get in there there's always going to be a reason oh yeah always a reason why um, and now I'm curious because I know like with, with brain spotting for me, I don't always need to know the why mm -hmm. to understand that it is and to, to help heal it. So what about with, with this approach? Is that similar as well that sometimes you may not get that 
you know, aha moment of, oh my goodness, this all comes from, you know, dad giving me sugar every time I Mm -hmm. saw him and felt love. Can it happen as well that that transformation can happen without that, that knowing of what might have actually caused it to begin? Absolutely. There's three different ways a transformation can happen. It can be immediate. You have that aha moment and your life is forever changed. Um, There's also the residual effect of you didn't have the aha moment, but you're sleeping better Mm. or you're more relaxed. You're less agitated. You don't, you have less anxiety, you know, or then there's the retroactive benefits where you start to go back and realize all of the things Mm. that were impacted by this exact thing. Mm. And you see things in a whole different light and you respond to it. Yes. And I would I want to go back to also what you said about coping. And I, I want to say that when we're little, we don't have coping skills yet. It doesn't matter how good our parents were or how, you know, in how engaged they were with us. Um, things happen to us that we don't know how to deal with. And so we deal with them in the best way we know how. And then those inform how we deal with that type of situation from that point forward, mm-hmm. right? So it creates a layer of information. So a situation happens, you have a defense on that, and then the next time it happens, you go back to that road, that defense, and you treat it the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like in grief, they talk, they tell you that when you have a death, you know, someone in your life dies and you have grief, if you don't you know, fully allow yourself to heal from it, you're going to go right back to where you left it at the next time somebody passes and the next Exactly. Yeah. So Yes. It just, they build, these layers will build and build. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I know I'm always using that analogy of like, it's the straw that breaks the camel's back, Mm -hmm. right? Like Mm -hmm. I know I've had so many clients during and kind of, you know, on this latter end of the COVID situation, right? The, with everything shutting down, coming forward and saying, you know, yeah, I've had anxiety or I've had depression for years, but then COVID happened. Then I was isolated. Then mm-hmm. I couldn't have contact. My normal day was different. You know, all these things changed. They didn't have their resources anymore because things were shut down, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, maybe more trauma was brought up because people in the li- their life was getting sick, mm-hmm. right? And so that was just the straw that kind of broke the, the camel's back and made them finally get help, even though they had had this stuff going on for years mm-hmm. prior, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I, I think it's important, too, just on a, a quick side note here to remind everybody how resilient the human body, the mind, and the spirit is. Absolutely. Right? Because we're talking about these coping skills, and, and we're saying, okay, yeah, they can be unhealthy, which they can be, right? Anything that's not in our greatest good, right, mm-hmm. and most beneficial to our higher self is typically what we would consider to not be healthy. However... We want to realize that even those unhealthy coping mechanisms that we may be using, and I'm sure as you listen, you're thinking about four or five of them right now yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> because we all have them. Yeah, we all have them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I've got that one mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that one, right? But here's the thing. They are there to make us resilient. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big fan of let's appreciate what they've done for you so far, how they've gotten you through so far. But now that you become aware, now you can be in charge instead of them. 
Exactly. And you can change them. That's exactly what we do in this process. Mm-hmm. We have a you know an element of the process where we actually have a conversation with the coping mm-hmm. mechanism or the defense mechanism. And we thank it for its service, for protecting yeah. us for all these years. You know, we ask it why it's there, what it was doing there, what it was doing mm-hmm. for us. And then um, thank it and give it a different job or let it go. You have the choice in your own mind to do whatever you want because you put it there in the first place. So you get to talk to it however you want. Yeah, that's got to be so empowering for clients to see the possibilities and realize that this doesn't have to continue to be the life that they live. Yeah, most clients end up in tears like of joy just because Mm -hmm. it's just the revelation of it, the very revelation of it is empowering. Mm -hmm. Just to know that, oh my gosh, I don't have to do this anymore. I can just let this go. And I've had clients come back to me and say, you know, every time that comes up or I get what I what used to trigger me comes back, I remember the balloon that I let it go in. Mm-hmm. Or I remember, you know, the fire that I set, you know, mm-hmm. so I, because part of it is you could do whatever you want with it. Some people will set it on fire and let it burn and mm-hmm. the smoke blow up into the sky. You know, full descriptions. They yeah. they have their own ways of dealing with it, and it's really neat to to see to yeah. see them create in the moment their yeah. own healing. <laughs> Absolutely, and and that's the power of the mind, right? Because yeah. we're talking metaphorically, right? Mm-hmm. They're setting it on fire or putting mm-hmm. it in a balloon. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess you could you could you could actually make that a three D experience by writing it down on paper and throwing it in a you know a safe lit fire. I always like to put the little disclosure out there. <laughs> <laughs> Make right. sure it's a safe place you're burning things. Right, right. Um, right, but you could actually do these things in a 3D way, or you can just do them in the mind. I mean, the mind is that powerful. You know, it, it's always fascinated me that, you know, the mind doesn't know the difference between thinking about getting attacked by a bear and getting attacked by a bear. That's right. Right, if you really think about it and take your, your mind through that play after play, what it would be like. I mean, even when I give that example to clients, I feel my heart do a little, like, skip a beat situation and I'm like oh I'm the one giving the situation (laughs) and my body is still responding to it I mean this is why we get so entranced by movies and we're like yelling at the screen oh my god don't go in there no no he's in there turn around don't go in there right Right. we're like so invested because we know it's not real we know this is just an actor on the screen you know making a poor decision and going in the the room with the axe murder um but you know, we know they're really not going to die, but at the same time, we're we, our, our brain doesn't know the difference. Right. Well, know? it's it's a safe lit fire, if you will. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> you're doing a safety yeah. experiment with some emotions, <clears throat> some an emotional experience that you wouldn't normally have in your everyday life, right? Because yeah. we aren't there. We don't have natural predators aside from right. ourselves. Yes. So we're not in that you know freeze, fight or flight mode mm-hmm. in that sense. However, there is a lot of engagement with that fear, fight, or flight. Mm-hmm. There is. Um, the, the fear modality is prevalent in our society. It's prevalent mm-hmm. in our media. And it's prevalent in kind of how we think every day. Mm-hmm. So we're more tuned into the fear cycle than we are to the heal cycle. Absolutely. I Yeah, that's a great way to put it because... You know, 
in in the past if you go back you know probably a couple centuries at this point you know we would have a threat you Mm -hmm. know whether it was a fight with a you know you know a different um, society you know that we were fighting or if it was an animal chasing us but then it would be over and so you had that rebalancing of the system the body would go from that over aroused state right right fight flight or freeze however you dealt with it back into a state of homeostasis right. you know where the the body calms down right when you're in that relaxed state it's like your breath calms down your heart rate slows down you stop sweating your temperature evens out mm-hmm. even your bowels will will start to rebalance right because in the middle of a fight you're not gonna stop and say hey mr lion i know you want to eat me but i've got to take a potty break <laughs> then you can start chasing me again. One right. second, you know? No, no, that stuff turns off, yeah, right? Everything turns off. Exactly. But but then when you're done, it all rebalances. But here in our air quotes advanced society that we live in, we don't get that kind of break. Right. Because you're going to work every day with people that get on your nerves or a boss that's micromanaging you. Or you're dealing with traffic every day that's driving you crazy. Or you're in a relationship that's not healthy and supportive. So you are never coming out of it until you feel more empowered to start to make changes to the physical life that's around you. That's right. And I want to also acknowledge our mamas out there who are 24-7 on the job. Imagine being yes. focused on something for 24 hours straight. On the survi- and being responsible for the survival of this something, you know, it's it's intense yes. for moms. And so moms struggle a lot with, mm-hmm. you know, who they are inside of all of this responsibility of this child. As much mm-hmm. as it's the most love you could ever have, it's also super challenging. But, and it, it's it's a challenge that doesn't get enough in our acknowledgement in our society. Absolutely. You know, it's something we're just supposed to figure out and do. Right. But, you know, going back to what you were saying about the constant stress and the constant fear cycle that we're under, now we're realizing through science and through body scans and through imaging that there's an addiction quality to it so we may be addicted to this Russian adrenaline right so we call them adrenaline junkies so people who seek out that adrenaline rush um, and they go out and they do things that are maybe life-threatening but safe but life-threatening and they, it, it gets that you know response but then there's those of us who are constantly in that state of crisis yeah. and when we're not in the state of crisis we feel imbalanced Right. So that's the challenge is trying to reverse that for people in a way that they accept, understand Mm -hmm. and heal from. Right. Reverse it. Yes. And I'm glad that you acknowledge that, you know, in this healing process, it can sometimes feel uncomfortable in that new space of being more balanced. Mm. And we may have that tendency to want to pull back and go into imbalance Mm. because it's what we know. It's what's familiar. That's right. That's the key. You know, and and that's so common that we revert back. This is why habits, you know, really take a long time to change, right? Mm. They don't change overnight. They Mm -hmm. can't change in two weeks, three weeks, right? It it takes a little bit longer. (laughs) Science says Mm -hmm. 21 days to instill a new habit and 63 days to really have it down pat (laughs) exactly yes thank you i was like i knew it was like more like two months give or take but i couldn't Mm -hmm. remember the exact days so thank you Mm -hmm. um because it's true i mean we can change something but then it's very easy to go back to that old Mm -hmm. pattern 
Yes, because it's what's familiar. And familiar mm -hmm. equals safe in our society, right? Yes. And so even abuse can be familiar. Mm -hmm. So if you grew up in an abusive household and your mom was yelling all the time, that's familiar to you and that's what you recognize as normal. Mm -hmm. So Exactly. So then when you get in a healthy relationship, it feels uncomfortable because right. you're saying, well, wait, this is not how we communicate. Mm -hmm. I'm used to breaking pots and pans. I don't understand this way of talking out through the problem. Yeah. Um, and it's why, you know, when you look at domestic violence, another, you know, good example is... You know, on average, it, it, it takes people leaving that domestic violent uh, relationship, the ones who are being abused, seven times at least oh on average to stay and stay gone. Yeah. Um, because it's so easy. I mean, there is so much more that goes, right? It's not just a yeah. habit here. Mm -hmm. I mean, there is control. There is abuse, right. right? But then a lot of times, you know, I've seen those individuals get out finally start to, you know, mend and heal and, you know, build a new life. And then they get in a relationship with someone who's healthy and sometimes it will, they'll sabotage it. Right. And they'll go find someone who's unhealthy because right. it's so different. Yes, that's right. It's still familiar to them and mm -hmm. they didn't do the work to heal from that, to heal themselves, not heal anything outside of themselves. Mm -hmm. It's to heal, to re release themselves from that pattern. Recognize it first. So if we're going back and talking about what we do, we could help a person recognize how that pattern started in the beginning. Why did you accept abuse as, you know, familiar, as, as okay to you? You know, at some point in your journey, when could have been when you were an infant. We don't know. You can go back as far as infancy or even, I mean, this is a whole nother podcast, but ancestrally, you can go back into another lifetime and brought that abuse into this one with you. Absolutely. You know, and so... There's no blame involved in this process. It's all about identification and freedom. So you're identifying where it started and you're freeing yourself from whatever was holding you there, you know? And it's, it's that simple. And that's why I feel like, well, Marissa coined it rapid transformational therapy because when we do know the why, then we understand it a whole lot better we really can get in touch with, oh God, no wonder I was doing that. That makes mm -hmm. so much sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, you know, I mean, what you were saying was a, is a really real fear of mine. So I grew up in a household of yelling mm -hmm. and um, I got in a relationship that was challenging. I don't wanna say any, you know, negative things uh, about it, but it felt abusive to me and I was, really looking at my own healing at that time. So we as humans, we're here in this life experience to heal, I believe, and grow and expand. Mm -hmm. And so having that, you know, challenging emotional situation growing up, that was going to keep coming in my life, no matter what, unless I addressed it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how through it. I had talk therapy for many, many years. And at this last relationship, I finally said, that's enough. I will never repeat this pattern again. I will never do this again. I will 100% dedicate my life to healing from this pattern because I, it nearly killed me. Yeah. Okay. And that's, I think, what put me down the road of doing this and now really actively doing it. You know, yes. so I can look at why I allowed that. 
why I said okay to that, why I thought it was normal, because it was very blurry to me. I can be honest with you and say, I couldn't see it. Yeah. I couldn't see it. And it's, it's hard when you're in that, that bubble effect, mm. right? If you're mm-hmm. in a bubble, you can only see the part of the bubble that you're looking at. You can't see the sides or the back. Right. Right. And so, you know, I really appreciate, you know, your honesty and transparency with your experience there, because I think there's a lot of people who are going to resonate with that and who are in situations, whatever it may be, whether it's a, a not good relationship um, with a partner, a family member, a friend, a, a work situation that's mm-hmm. not fulfilling. I mm-hmm. mean, there's so many ways that we let ourselves get stuck mm-hmm. unintentionally, unwilling, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want it to make it sound like we're doing this to ourselves. Right. You know, we are coping the best we can in that moment. But when you start to let a little light in, and you can start to see a little more of that bubble, well, now knowledge is power. Right. Right. We can't turn the light off. Once you start shining that light, mm-hmm. it, it's going to start to illuminate and, and show you more of what is really going on. So, yeah, I can only imagine, um, and I, I've had my own life situation, so I, I get that sense of, like, you can't see it when you're in it, though. Mm, right. Yeah, so if anyone is out there struggling and feeling like there's something in their life that's not serving them, they keep doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again, um, there's a block or they feel stuck, mm-hmm. this is an absolutely wonderful tool to help them at least shine a light, like you said, mm-hmm. on what's going on and see, see it a little bit clearer. And from that point, decide what you want to do about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I always want to remind people the first step is is just make that call and reach out to somebody, yeah. right? Whether you're going to reach out to a friend for support, whether you, you know, feel drawn and you want to reach out to Lori or myself mm-hmm. or another person in your area who's a professional, whatever it is, it's like take that first step. The rest will, will work itself out. We get sometimes too caught up in the long term what's it going to look like be like how long do i have to do this for <laughs> right just yeah. just take that first step yeah i agree with that 100 percent. yeah well this has been really helpful and I'm, I'm so glad that you got to share about your story if people want to reach out to you and contact you to learn more about what you do what's the best way for them to get a hold of you the best way for people to find me is i uh, have a website it's heal.me slash Lori Wagner Storley or they can find me on Facebook at Healing From Within and on Instagram at Healing From Within. I love it. Yay. Thanks so much, Jenna. This was so fun. Thank you. Well, thanks everybody for listening and tuning in to the Holistic Awakenings podcast. I'm Lori Wagner Storley. And I'm Jenna Galagani. We hope you found this episode enlightening and beneficial for your soul. If you want to reach out to us with questions, feedback, or just because you want to connect, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at holisticawakenings.com, on Facebook, also Holistic Awakenings, and Instagram as well, also Holistic Awakenings.
If you're on Facebook and you want to join our tribe, check us out at Holistic Awakenings Tribe. It's our Facebook group. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you.